Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Giving students an opportunity to travel abroad is just one of the ways 4-H is developing future leaders and providing experiences that kids may not get to have again. Happy National 4-H Week. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Going abroad is one of the many 4-H experiences that have stuck with Cindy Calzo. Cindy has been a 4-H leader in Clark County longer than she can remember, and she's also served on the International 4-H Youth Exchange Board. In that role, she worked with the State Extension Office, recruiting host families and youth to participate in those international adventures. And she's no stranger to the program. I was actually a participant back in 1989. I went through the IFI program. I went to Switzerland. And actually, my focus um, at that time, the IFI program was a very huge program across the U.S. There were 16 youth from across the U.S. that went to Switzerland, and our focus was on agriculture, dairy in um, Switzerland. Other programs went to France and England and Italy. I can't remember Australia. I can't remember all the different programs. I actually participated as an exchange program. I spent six weeks in Switzerland at that time. And then in addition, um, when our children were in 4-H, um, about, I'm trying to think, probably five, six years ago, we actually hosted, um, our family did, we hosted an exchange student from Finland, and so which our kids got to experience that side of it. And then I, I think our daughter would have gone on a program, but then COVID kind of hit, and so the programs were stopped for a little bit, but she ended up doing an exchange program through the university um, where she went to school. Is that something that's still going on now that we're kind of post-COVID? Is that back on track? Yes, um, they did start it back up this summer, I believe. It was a small group throughout the U.S., and, and certainly they're expanding it even more, and we'll get they're ramping it up again for next year. The LABO program, which is a program directly with Japan, is a huge program that focuses on um, the kids learning, the Japanese kids learning English, and our the U.S. citizens, are, um, youth, are actually teaching them how it's a, it's a very... And that's a program that focuses on the younger age group, or that more that middle school, early high school age group, where the IFI program and some of the other international programs are more high school age and maybe a year or two into um, college. So, Cindy, I mean, that's got to mean a lot for, I'm just thinking, small-town kids like myself getting to Mm -hmm. travel to a different country and see and experience so much. Can you talk to me about what that means for these students, including yourself, when when you went at a young age? You know, it's really about building a lot of connections worldwide and learning about different cultures. There's so much to learn um, in the world and see, and it was just... And to this day, we still re- I still remain in contact with some of my host families over there. I know our daughter um, with our exchange student that we had from Finland. She certainly has um, remained in contact. I think she talks with her almost every day, and that's been years as well. And it is amazing. The world is really a small world because as I have met people through these programs as well, I've gotten to know people throughout the U.S., and you still see these people you know, 25 years later, 30 years later, I still am in contact with some of those individuals. It's really kind of a neat experience. I, I think it's a great opportunity for youth um, to, to participate and see how things work and how people live in other cultures. Cindy, as a longtime 4-H leader and 4-H'er yourself, obviously you have a strong connection to the program, and this isn't the only piece of 4-H that you advocate for. Tell me what else um, you're seeing in the 4-H programs now that are popular for students, 
You know, 4-H is a very, very broad program, which is great about it. It's the it's the largest youth program here in the U.S. And what's really great about the 4-H program is it encompasses youth of all ages. We have the Cobra Bud program that goes all the way down into the kindergarten age, and it actually extends up into our high school years. And actually, there are many universities who actually have collegiate programs as well. What I really like about the 4-H program is not only is it youth working together, but it's actually it's a family-oriented program because not only you have older youth um, working with younger youth, you have adult leaders that are working with the youth, and you're working with youth of all ages. Even, even in my own club, you know, I have um, youth that really join more to participate more in the music and the drama side, not so much the agriculture side of things. And, you know, that's an area of opportunity. And some of these, and what's neat is to see the older youth teaching the younger kids and giving them the encouragement because they're speaking or singing on stage in front of a group of people. And it's kind of see that connection. And those kids keep those connections all through their life into as they get, and they're like, oh, I remember working with them when they were younger kids and so forth. So it's kind of a neat experience. But 4 has really evolved. You know, it started out, I think, over 100 years ago, you know, your canning clubs and your cattle clubs and so forth. And it's really expanded to involve just about any area that you really are interested in. There's still a lot of focus, heavy, heavy agriculture focus on dairy and the different livestock projects and your animal projects. But you also have the whole fine arts side where if you're really into woodworking and the mechanical sciences or maybe the forestry industry or um, photography. Photography is a very huge project within 4-H as well. So there's lots of avenues and lots of different things that kids can explore in the 4-H arena. Bringing things back home, Cindy, tell me about the club you lead in Clark County. Um, My local club is called the Maplewood Badges 4-H Club. Um, We're a club that's about 60-some years old within our county. And it's uh, one of our, it's one of the largest clubs in our county. We're not the largest, but one of the largest ones. Um, I have about, given the year, anywhere from 40 to 50 some members in my club. Has participation stayed pretty steady? What? How has that been trending? I have been very fortunate. Um, this club that, um, my local club here, we've had a pretty steady club as far as participation. I've been a leader for, I can't even tell you how many years in my club. And it's gone through um, several different leadership through the years, obviously. But even when I was a kid, it happens to be the club that I was a member of when I was a kid. Even then, that club was still in the 40s and 50s as far as um, membership. So it's been a pretty solid club in our community. How does the 4-H program impact the community? You know, it's a, it's an opportunity for youth to get involved outside of the school scenario, the school setting. And not only, you know, are they the youth are learning about different project areas and putting them to work, but part of the focus, too, is a lot of the clubs, they do a lot of community service type work. My club, I know, works heavily with the the local dairy breakfast that occurs in June, and um, we do stuff with our local when we have um, we have Kobe Cheese Days. There's a race that happens on one morning of that um, weekend event. They participate in the parade. We do stuff with our local nursing homes and assisted living centers as well. Some clubs do community activities with uh, the elderly. It just depends upon the community and um, what the club is interested in. But there's a lot of service-oriented projects that um, clubs tend to do with the community as well. Cindy, I'm going to use you as an example. Growing up a 4-H'er involved in your community and then in your professional career, you lead 4-H and then you also serve your community as a nurse. Do you find that a lot of 4-H'ers go on to benefit their community in, in various career paths? 
that's the beauty of 4-H is that no matter what skill set or what your interests are, it can lead to a lot of different opportunities for career pathways. Um, and and I do see that uh, a lot of youth, they um, they develop skills or that um, really impact them or come into use in their adult life, and that's the beauty of the program. So where do you see 4-H then in the next decade? You, you've been in the game for a long time, Cindy, but what do you what do you expect to see from this program into the future? I'm hoping it continues. I know it's been a real struggle here in the state of Wisconsin for the last couple of years. It's gone through a lot of changes administratively. And so there's, and COVID really, I think, impacted heavily in a lot of um, organizations. So we're trying to rebound from that. But I do foresee it still being a very sustainable program in the future. I mean, it's certainly been in place for well over 100 years, and I don't see it going away because it does have, it does have strong family connections, strong community co- connections with it. It really helps youth develop their skill sets um, that are very valuable in, the, in their adult lives. Cindy Calzo joining us. She's a 4-H leader from my home county, Clark County. She says if you are interested in joining 4-H, you can contact your local extension office or talk to people at your school. Chances are there's probably someone there who is a 4-H member. Find out what they do because there are so many unique programs within 4-H across the state. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.